welcome everybody to the Model Three Owners Club podcast. I am your tr- I'm your host Trevor Page, and uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Dulaban Insurance, which has developed a unique discounted group insurance product for all Tesla owners, including Tesla owners in the recent release of the Model Three. So, if you live in Ontario, Canada, and looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Dulaban Insurance a call at one eight five five. 385-4226 or visit our website at Dulaban Insurance that's spelled D-U-L-I-B-A-N insurance.com slash Tesla. Big thanks to our uh, sponsors at Dulaban. Well, we have lots to talk about tonight. I want to bring on our guests. First people on the line is Mr. Eric Camacho. I haven't seen you in a little bit. Welcome back to the show again, Eric. Thanks, guys. Good evening, everybody. And uh, our other regular here is Ian Pavelko. How are you doing, Ian? I'm doing well. How are you? How is everybody? All good. We're surviving some of this weather that's coming. <laughs> of course, yeah, it's no been pretty kidding, hot. Man. And uh, last but not least, we have uh, Michael Bodner from Florida again. How are you doing, Mike? Doing well, Trav. Good evening, everyone. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us again, guys. Well, uh, wow. it's uh, certainly been a very busy week in Tesla news, so let's just dive right in here. Um, first thing on the on the list, of course, we're talking about production numbers. So let's get into this. Um, so Q2, so that's basically from uh, April, uh, yeah, April to uh, the end of June. Uh, Tesla delivered uh, 53,338 or 39. I'm off by one digit. I apologize if I didn't get that 100% right. Um, 28,578 of those were Model 3s. Yay. So it looks like the ramp is certainly increasing at this point. Um, Model S and X combined account for uh, 24,761 deliveries, or production, production, I should say. Um, Elon also stated that uh, production is expected to exceed 6,000 uh, per week by the end of August. So we're still looking at uh, increasing that uh, that ramp as they go. Um, now, deliveries. Um, the numbers are a little different on this on this thing here because um, I, I have to try and remember to remind, remind people that Production and deliveries are two separate things as far as Tesla is concerned. Uh, just to reiterate, production, of course, is how many cars they build in a particular time period. Deliveries are how many cars they actually do a final delivery. And that's basically delivered to the customer, payment's been made and collected, paperwork is signed, cars registered. That is the only time that Tesla can actually ca- uh, count that delivery as, as a profit at this point. Because unlike other car manufacturers... Uh, when they finish building a car, when it's put on a uh, car carrier or train, that's when the transaction is actually finished. And the customer is not the end user, it's, it's the dealer. So there's always a discrepancy. Um, so when they produce cars and when they send out deliveries, they deliver some of them, but some of them are still considered in transit. We'll talk about that in a second here. So Q2 deliveries. Um, 18,444 Model 3s, 10,000... Yeah, 10,930 Model S. Maybe I should put my sun, my uh, my reading glasses on. And uh, 11,370 11, Model X. Um, this is the first time I think I've seen Model X outsell or outdeliver the Model S. Um, keep in mind, Tesla's production for S and X is really geared to about 100,000 cars per year. Um, so they've kind of figured that's where the demand kind of lies at this point. That's interesting to see that the number is exceeding a little bit on the Model X, which, uh, which I think in some ways uh, proves that the Model X is uh, certainly quite popular. I know it is here in Ontario. Um, so the last little bit here is what's in transit. So these are the cars that can't be counted because they were not physically delivered at the end of the quarter. They will be counted in the next quarter, in Q3. So in transit, we have uh, 11,000. 166 Model 3s. That's a huge number. 
um, mm-hmm. compared to Model S and X combined. Of course, they didn't break it out, but it's uh, 3,892 uh, 3, Model S and X. Uh, that's a huge number of Model 3s. That's just crazy. Um, so let, I, I just want to take some time here and just discuss some of these numbers here with, uh, with the panel and um, give us your thoughts. So you guys need to chime in here and uh, give the viewership what you think is going on. Crickets? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. So, so first, it's, a, it's really great to see that um, the company is able to hit their 5,000 uh, Model 3 produced per week mark. Um, I know it's really kind of uh, just a starting point for them. I know they want to try to hit a higher number than that. Uh, but to know that we're at least at a point where we're seeing that threshold being met uh, in, you know, in the month of June uh, and early July is really fantastic. Uh, but that being said, you know, to see that many cars being delivered, uh, to know that there's actually over 11,000 Model 3 sold in transit, um, you know, sort of gets you the idea that we're really going to see uh, a lot of these reservation holders start to really kind of share their joy about getting their own, their car. Um, you know, SNX divorce have those pre-production numbers, but now Model 3 is getting to that point where we're seeing more and more people get their cars in a very quicker period, uh, especially after they've opened up the reservation holders to be able to customize their car. Uh, so I know people like Ian are still waiting there anxiously, uh, but I think if, you know, at this rate we're seeing these numbers, uh, it's going to be a very, very great second half of the year for Tesla. Very cool. I'm, I'm waiting anxiously to actually see someone get their hands on either a performance or an all-wheel drive car. That will be a milestone I am greatly looking forward to. I don't care who it is. I'm hoping it's DNC Ryan. Props to him. He deserves to get the first one off the line. But uh, anybody at this point who can get one. The other thing, too, is has anybody seen uh, a large number of, of all-wheel drive VINs being registered? Because I haven't heard any news on that. Um, I have seen, uh, if, you if you watch the Model 3 tracker on Twitter, there, there, there definitely have been a couple of uh, all-wheel drive pushes. Nothing, nothing huge, though. Yeah, that concerns me. I mean, I, we know that that's still kind of getting up to speed. And uh, I mean, when I say concern, it's not something I'm personally concerned about. It's just that I, I'm waiting for that signal. I'm waiting to see a big kablam block of, of dual-motor VINs come out. That would be another really cool thing to see. I uh, did see there is a te- there is a Twitter account called uh, Model Three Vins, and they do um, seem to report. I just saw one of them posted today. I think they registered some four hundred extra Vins, so it seems to be uh, seems to be still coming. Uh, let's see here. All right. One of the other little bits here too is that uh, Tesla has said uh, in their formal. By the way, if anybody's um, um, actually listening out there who really wants to read these. Um, these um, these press releases that put out that Tesla puts out, you need to go to the website called uh, called ir uh, it's ir.tesla.com. That's where you're going to find all of their their information. Um, so yeah, that's where to get that information. Uh, let's see here. Tesla did state that their uh, reservations are still holding at three hundred twenty thousand, even though they sold uh, uh, twenty eight thousand three hundred eighty six model uh, model threes delivered to date. So that's the cumulative at this point. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting that they're still going. Uh, I think part of that is um, part of that I think is is the fact that the reservations are still increasing because once these cars get actually into people's hands, that um, you know you got your neighbor. There's this there's this snowball effect where you've got the neighbors. They see the car, they know what it is, or, or they're trying to find out what it is, and they put the reservations. And so the reservation count is still increasing. 
So I don't see any of the slowing. It, it kind of bothers me that some of the shorts, I mean, I've seen some Twitter comments where people come in and they say, oh, you know, uh, there's no more backlog on these Model 3s. And once the backlog is done, there's not going to be um, uh, any more cars to be sold. Now, I'm not seeing any evidence of that. I'm still seeing that, uh, you know, things are still increasing. And keep in mind, they haven't even hit Europe yet, right? So we have more stuff coming. Um, now, Elon, uh, let's see here. Uh, what else did they say? I, I also think that we're going to see an increase in reservations, of course, once the test drives officially begin, which are supposed to happen sometime later this month or next month. Um, All-wheel drive and performance cars are expected in the store shortly, so if any of you have any information on that, that'd be great to know. But um, so far, I know that people have been called for test drives, um, so I think it's starting to happen. Um, uh, but it it's, it doesn't it, it doesn't look like that's all-wheel drive or performance cars at this point. It's still just kind of the regular first production car at this point. So um, keep an eye on that as far as what that's going on. And Trev, I, I would add, it's still by all accounts a fairly expensive car right now. Once a standard battery comes out and people see that, I think it's a whole another wave of of people who are going to reserve and and look at getting the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you, Michael. I think for a lot of people, it's not real to the thirty five thousand dollar car shows up. I think that's that's what a lot of people are holding back on. They keep seeing that being pushed and pushed and thinking, you know, like, well. You know, like maybe it's never going to come out. I mean, you know, we all know the disinformation campaigns going around. So the the public who hasn't got their finger on the pulse here might not believe that that's really happening. And once it does, I think you're going to have a whole new wave of reservations. At that point, it really gets real for a lot of people who want, you know, the entry level car. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's 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 encouraging. I like the fact that we're seeing this. I do I do want to talk about one thing though, and I think it's a little bit disingenuous, or maybe it's a little. I don't know what it is. I think that it, it just seems to me that every time there's a a quarter coming up and Tesla's in the throes of producing cars, they always make this last minute push um, to try and get the production numbers up. I wish it was more, what's the word I'm looking for? I wish it was a little more organic in the sense that, you know, maybe production should just occur kind of naturally. Um, I understand they're trying to push and stuff, but it just, I mean, if they keep repeating that all the time, it makes it look like they can't meet the production numbers on a normal, like on a normal organic scale. Um, of course, they're not talking about that on SNX anymore because they've reached peak SNX as far as production's concerned. So, uh, you know, I don't know. That's just my personal feeling on that. I just wish that the, it wasn't always a, a push. I understand at the end of a quarter, because of the way the Tesla works, they're, they're trying to push and deliver as many cars as possible. I just wish that it wasn't both. I, I, I was more hoping that it would be more organic on both sides of the of, of the coin. So um, anyways, um, the other thing I want to talk about is, uh, uh, Michael, I'm going to let you take point on this because uh, Model 3 just got a whole bunch of new software features, of course, and new software updates. So maybe you can tell the viewers here what to expect in their cars shortly. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, with version 2018.24.1, we've added four new features to the car. Summon, Wi-Fi, cabin overheat protection, and uh, speed limit setting. So start with Summon. I'll give myself a shameless plug. I put together a video called The Great Tesla Summon Race. Go ahead <laughs> I saw and check that. It it's out. hilarious. Uh, um, we'll put a link in the, we'll even, put a link in the video uh, description so you guys can watch it. Thanks. And I'll say uh, not shown in the video. It was pretty fun. Uh, we brought the cars to a common drag racing spot for uh, kids. I promise I've never actually uh, raced there. 
And uh, we're lining up the two cars in what looks like a drag race. So you've got a security guard walking over saying, like, what's going on here? What's going on here? And he noticed the cars were driving themselves with no one in them. And he absolutely freaked out. I think we definitely gained another Tesla fan there. Uh, <laughs> sitting up for the one mile an hour race. But uh, it's pretty <laughs> funny. Check it out. Anyway, it's, uh, you know, Trev and I were talking about it. It's kind of like a party trick feature. And uh, sure enough, literally the day after I get it, I go out, run into a restaurant, it's pouring, I come out, my car's parked in a spot that has a huge puddle around the car. So actually, an immediate practical application to back the car out of the spot and not step in a puddle. thought that was pretty neat. Uh, so really, you know, a lot of fun with Summon, and uh, you guys will be getting it on your Model 3s soon if, if you get the uh, update. Um, Wi-Fi is going to be great, I think, as they get more and more cars on the road, just the data strain, pushing out all the software updates. It's going to be huge getting more people on Wi-Fi. So that's a, a welcomed update, especially for people who have uh, poor service in their homes, especially in their garages, maybe. You won't have to worry about that with your updates. Cabin overheat protection. Uh, obviously, Trev's had this on his X uh, uh, since the, the day he got it. I will say today was my first day in the office with it. I burned through 20 miles of range in 10 hours. And that kept the car from a normal 134 degrees inside to about 105 uh, so I'm kind of wavering back and forth in my head if that's worth it or not, or if it's more of a feature you kind of turn on if you're worried you might leave pets or a kid in the car. Uh, so I'm thinking through that one a little bit more. And uh, speed limit mode, the the last new feature, uh, that kind of came on the the tail of that, that car accident with the uh, teenagers who were going 116 miles an hour and drove the car into a wall, uh, letting you control the speed from the app and setting a max speed. So pretty neat feature as well, great, great safety feature. Uh, but really great update. So it should be rolling out pretty soon for everybody. I'm looking forward to seeing that on the three. Listen, I have a question for you. Um, since you did a test with cabin overheat protection, that's literally something I've never actually used in my car, even though it's there. Um, if I sit in my car, I just leave the AC running. Have you noticed um, when you run it, whether the AC turns on and off, or is it mostly just the fan? Or like, it, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like, does the AC yeah. run continuously? Or does it run for a little bit and then turn off and run for a little bit? So I don't know the exact answer to that because the, the car is parked nowhere near my actual office. I park pretty far away. But there's three settings. One is off, obviously. And then there's two different on settings. One is on with AC and one is on with just fan. Ah, okay. That's so what it was. I had it on the on with AC to kind of go for the full test. And I'll play around with the on with fan as well just to see, you know, if there's less of a mileage hit. I'm sure there is. And uh, how well that performs. Yeah, good point. Good point. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a little test of, of that on mine. I'm just curious to see if there's any differences between um, the S, how the S and the X perform with the three. Of course, of course, with the three is you know considerably different in terms of software and and uh, HVAC uh, type systems. So yeah, thanks for answering that. I was very curious about that as to what's going on. Um, let's see here. Yeah, and Wi-Fi, man, <laughs> long time coming for that feature. That's for sure. Uh, that'll make uh, getting some of the software updates a little bit faster, I, I would hope anyways. I know on my case, I have a Wi-Fi hotspot in my backyard, and um, I don't use it all that much except for the car. The car is positioned just such a way that as soon as it comes home, it just hops on there. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some of the differences there. Um, any other comments before we move on? This show might be a little bit shorter than some of the others here because um, um, it wasn't quite as much normal news as, as what happens. Um uh, let's see here. One of the things I wanted to talk about, of course, and it's on everybody's lips these days, is um, this concept of the federal tax cre uh, credit uh, in the U.S. So the question is, has it actually started a phase-out 
process because everyone knows, well, in case you didn't, that once Tesla sells the 200,000th or delivers the 200,000th car in the U.S., it triggers um, the phase-out of the federal tax credit. So they get two quarters where you get the full tax credit of 7,500, as long as you qualify, because it's not a rebate. Um, then it falls to 50%, and then a further 50%, and after that you get nothing. Um, so I know a lot of people are still counting on getting the federal tax credit. Uh, I know there's a lot of noise on the internet where people are talking about wanting to get the federal tax credit, but only want the base model of the car. So being the fact that the Model 3 um, base price of 35000 is not going to be in production until at least later this year, a lot of people are worrying that they're not going to get the, you know, the full 7500 So my personal opinion here, and I don't have all the numbers on this, but I, I just, and, and I think we discussed this on the last podcast, is all of indications are certainly showing that Tesla was lining things up to try and time the federal tax credit phase out um, as closely as possible, namely taking essentially what amounts to all of May's deliveries and shifting them to Canada and into June, or May's, May's production, and most of the deliveries going to Canada for the month of June. Um, we saw thousands of Model 3s uh, in backlots being held. And, uh, of course, then the floodgates started opening just before uh, July 1st. So I think, you know, until we get further information from Tesla on this during the financial call, probably the first week of August, um, right now I think the consensus is I think it's actually begun. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on that, I'd like to hear it, but uh, that's just kind of the way I'm kind of reading the tea leaves. So uh, I've seen a few different estimates, uh, two actually. One is uh, Troy on the forums. Yes. I think Bloomberg as well. Both believe that they hit 205,000 cars before the end of June. I can't imagine they'd top the 200K mark by 5,000 cars right at the end of the quarter. Um, and even Troy said, first of all, he said he hopes he's wrong. And uh, he's got some some variability in his numbers, about 92% accuracy on some of them. So you play around with about 8%. His number, it's really close. <clears throat> my gut feeling is it's like they literally probably hit it today. Again, my gut feeling. Um, if they hit it in June, obviously the 7,500 lasts until the end of September. Uh, but for those who are configuring right now, I believe the configuration screen I just saw on Twitter, uh, uh, we were going back and forth with it. It still shows the $7,500 savings on the U.S. configuration screen of the Model 3. And if you configure today, I'm not sure it's a given you're going to get your car by September 30th. So that leads me to believe it's probably still good till December 31st. But, uh, you know, obviously we, we just won't know until it's officially reported. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do that because um, I know, uh, you know, of course, you mentioned in the configurator, we have the same situation here in Canada that even though the all-wheel drive and the performance version of the Model 3 uh, are not on the official list of, of cars eligible for the EVIP, our, our rebate up here, uh, Tesla is still showing that, you know, there's some savings on there. Uh, you know, for, they're still showing the $14,000 savings on there. So I, I can't put all of my faith in what Tesla puts on their website as far as you know how that's going to work out because I'm seeing the same evidence here. Um, Trev, can I can I pause you for just a sec? Yeah, you just said something very interesting. Is did I did I hear that right? If you configure in Ontario, they're showing the fourteen thousand dollar credit even on the performance model. Yeah, what they do is that when you whatever model you pick and you put all your options in uh, on there, specifically on the three, because it doesn't show on the S and X. There's a section in there that shows um, uh, what rebates you qualify for. And 
they basically put a disclaimer in there that you get $14,000, even though it's not officially on the list. Now, there's been a lot of discussion on the internet, of course. Uh, we're going down a bit of a rat hole here, but um, a lot of people on the internet are asking, well, should I order a Model 3 all-wheel drive for performance? Well, let's forget the performance car because it doesn't qualify no matter what you do. But let's just talk right, about the all-wheel exactly. drive, right? So should I order one now? Do I still get the Ontario um, uh, rebate? And the thing is, and some people have talked to uh, the Ministry of Transportation here. They've actually physically called them and said, what's the situation? And basically what it really amounts to is that if it's not on the list, um, it doesn't qualify. And secondly, the only time it actually qualifies, you can actually submit the paperwork, is when you take delivery of the car and the paper and the paperwork is done and it's registered in your name. You can't pre-fill out the paperwork and send it in. So right. we're, we're caught in this no man's land of what's going on with, with the rebate considering the changeover in government and the cancellation of cap and trade, which is a good segue to what we're going to discuss next. Mm-hmm. Um, plus a lot of people that are counting on this $14,000 to order the car, plus people that are have been waiting the longest time to order all-wheel drive and don't know whether the car is going to qualify. So <clears throat> my personal opinion, what I've been telling people out there, I think what's what what the MTO is kind of doing is not probably accepting any more paperwork from manufacturers as far as eligibility until they get some kind of clarification because it to me it doesn't make sense to say okay we got the paperwork from Tesla we'll put it on the list just to have it canceled immediately by the government um, two days or, or a week later whatever the case may be so even though they said that they want to cancel uh, cap and trade and they've started the process of, of canceling cap and trade in Ontario, which is also responsible for collecting the funds that are dispersed as part of the rebates. It's not taxpayer money. It comes from polluters. Um, so that's why I posted, you know, the, the, this, this, this policy change with the government saying that the, the cap and trade is going to be canceled and dismantled. That effectively uh, means the end of EV rebates because without cap and trade, there's no funds to pay for the EV rebates. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. Whether we get grandfathered in, I think there will be some kind of grandfathering period in there. Um, Ford did say at one point that he was not going to go back and retroactively cancel anything. So to me, it just basically means: look, you you got to have the car in your possession. That's the only time you can you can you can actually uh, submit the paperwork. So it remains to be seen what's going on. But uh, that was one of the questions, of course, that somebody else was going to ask here. So we're kind of going down this road anyway. So. Um, you have any can, I, uh, can I can I can I add some comments from the the U.S. perspective, sure. if I may? So, uh, for those of you who may not know, uh, earlier this year, the uh, the U.S. government, our Congress, uh, went ahead and passed a tax bill um, that, for all of its bells and whistles, uh, one major component of the bill uh, was that there was a consideration by some lawmakers to go ahead and stop the tax incentive. Um, that would come for those who buy electric vehicles here in the U.S. So it would have affected uh, tens of thousands of people uh, that were awaiting delivery of a Model S, a Model X, or even the Model 3. And so thankfully, in the final iteration of that bill that was passed by Congress uh, several months ago, uh, the program was allowed to continue uh, as it's currently constituted. Now, with that in mind, there are a lot of folks who are looking at uh, the 7,500 and saying, look, I want to be able to capitalize on that maximum number, knowing that the program at some point could either be uh, cease to exist or we start seeing that reduction in the actual savings. And so there are a lot of people who sort of ask the question, well, do I not wait for my low-end Model 3? 
I know I can save 7,500. Maybe I just get the long range model now. I could go do a motor. I mean, all these various questions are being asked. So for those who are waiting maybe for the entry level model three at $35,000 plus, if you're waiting for the tax savings, really look into the possible options you have now about what can you get today. If you've been asked to configure uh, and you feel like, you know, it's going to be X amount more for this uh, version of the three, and then you can figure you qualify for your tax savings in 2019 and the numbers are reasonably close uh, after the tax incentive, then maybe you want to pull the trigger. Um, but there are certainly those who say, you know what, I really can't afford to go for a $50,000 car. I'm going to stick with what I have for 35000 At the end of the day, you're still saving money uh, going for the low end versus something else and trying to get the 7500 So it is a tough decision for a lot of folks who are really relying on it. Uh, but bear in mind, even if you're getting half of the 7500 to come 2019 and maybe you're in the tail end of it where you're just now hopping into the Model 3 uh, configurator and you're looking at a 2019 delivery, even if you get a small fraction, any savings is better than nothing. Um, so for our friends uh, north of the border in Canada, you know, our hope here in America is that you guys continue to have that program. Again, a lot of the funding is going to be contingent on whether or not that continues. But, um, you know, if there's if you if you have the option to configure and get your car delivered and you can get any savings you can now, you know, maybe it's worth going and doing it just because you'd rather get some savings versus nothing. I, I would agree. Um, I've been monitoring some of the sites out there and there seems to be a, a lot of articles from the news media up here that are really taking the new government to task about not having some kind of green policy in place. Just cancelling it unilaterally is uh, a big mistake. So it seems to be most of the uh, the news outlets are on board with that. Um, doesn't seem to be as much division on that subject. But like I said, this is not a political podcast so we're not really going to get into all the nitty gritty details. But, you know, the bottom line here is that this is a, uh, it's a catalyst, a rebate or a tax incentive is a catalyst to get someone to look at something they wouldn't normally look at. Let's face it, EVs have a higher cost of entry. Uh, we haven't reached cost, cost parity with gasoline cars yet on the drivetrain situation. Gasoline, uh, you, someone could make a case for that up here, not, maybe not so much in the U.S., um, of course, now with this new government coming in, they're supposed to cut the gas prices, but they spiked back up on the weekend. Of course, it was a long weekend, so that kind of happens anyways anywhere. So it remains to, to be seen what's actually going to transpire at the end of the day, but I think it's too soon. It's too soon to cancel any incentives at this point because we have some good momentum. We have some excellent numbers in Canada that just came out um, where EV sales now have reached 3% of all cars sold um, in Ontario, I should say. Um, that's something Ken and I will discuss on the next show. Um, so it's looking really promising, but this latest um, uh, switchover and tactic that's taking, it's, it's not looking very promising. So again, my, my feeling is, is until we hear otherwise um, or some clarification from the government, if you're looking at ordering a car, um, you could make your deposit today. Well, not your deposit, but actually confirm your order. And if you find yourself needing to back out um, at least, let's say you lose the $14,000. At that point, you have to make a decision. Can I afford the car even if I don't have the $14,000 rebate? Or do I, I can't afford the car. Maybe I just take the, the you know, the $3,200 $3, hit and just back out of the order. I don't know. That's that's a personal decision somebody has to make. Um, but right now, the MTO says everything is still in place. It's still effective. But the date that matters on your rebate is the day you take delivery. It's not when you mm -hmm. place your order. 
it's it has to be registered in your name so that kind of explains that um let's take this opportunity here to uh, move on we'll move on to the question and answer period <laughs> um so we'll take the first question here from uh, someone named nuke sean on uh, twitter and he had asked the fourteen thousand dollar rebate is guaranteed on the model 3 if it was ordered today in ontario so we just kind of covered that um he had a second question here he says uh, when will the chatamo adapter be compatible with the model 3 that's a really good question. I know that um, Tesla last year during the uh, release candidate testing phase, um, they were spotted testing uh, Model 3s at Chatamo uh, chargers in San Francisco. So I don't know what the holdup is with the with the Chatamo adapter is. Um, I know that Chatamo adapter is hardware and firmware, and with a recent software update that I got on my car, there's a function in there where it will, will update an adapter if you plug it into the car um, without having to take it into Tesla because prior um, you had to take it into Tesla and they plug it into some kind of device and do the firmware update. But now the car can actually do it on your behalf. My personal feeling is I don't see any reason why the Chatham adapter can't be compatible with the Model 3. I think it's probably, and I don't have any side information on this, but it's probably just, uh, it's just not on Tesla's priority list at this point. Um, it could be, we may find out in the future that they've decided, you know what, we're just not going to do Chatamo because we're putting all this money to the supercharger expansion. Maybe you don't need Chatamo. Uh, we did Chatamo back in the day. We didn't have as many superchargers. I mean, one can make a case for that with the S and the X that, you know, early on there were uh, there wasn't as many to choose from. So they did an adapter on purpose. So who knows how it will play out. But I don't know. Uh, I think you, one could make an edge case of needing a Chatamo adapter um, as a safety net for some people. Um, but with the supercharger expansion going on, maybe, maybe we don't, we, maybe we don't need it. I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Oh, I'm going to cut right in on this one, baby, because I know everybody in Quebec is all over the Chadmo thing. Uh -huh. Chadmo is huge here. We have, um, a pretty solid network of, uh, Chadmo chargers, like the St. Hubert restaurants, which are very popular in Quebec. Yeah. A lot of them have, um, Chadmo, um, Level, you know, level three chargers, yeah. And uh, you see them all over the place. I mean, on the road network, uh, the Circuit Electric has a ton of them. So Quebec is very well outfitted. If you want to go into any of the rural areas or a lot of the major highways, uh, there's an excellent Chatmo uh, network, but we're still a little thin on superchargers. I mean, that is being built out. I mean, on the major, major highways, it's doing well, but we're still a little ways off. And particularly for uh, you, Trev, you should appreciate this. Going out to the Maritimes, uh, Chatmo would be your only option in a lot of areas. So uh, for, for anywhere east of, uh, of Ontario, like Quebec and going into the Maritimes, the Chatmo thing, at least for Quebec right now, is a pretty important one. And I know since we have a huge number of cars on order here... Um, we are not to be trifled with Tesla. We want our Chadmo. <laughs> you cannot ignore us. We are an important demographic. So please get on that. I mean, I think the only question I have is, is can the car physically do it? I know early on, there's a lot of people arguing that there was a hardware issue, that the car, the early cars didn't even have the hardware. I don't know if that's been debunked or not. If it's down to software, like really? How hard could it be? Well, it's it's a connector at the end of the day, and it's firmware involved. So, you know, I don't see any physical reason why they couldn't do it. Why there's a holdup, I have no idea. Um, yeah, you make a point about the Chatmo thing, and uh, sometimes I forget a little bit because, you know, we have so many, you know, kind of being bailed out here in the, in the greater Toronto area where I'm at. Um, as far as your situation about me going out east, I mean, I had some conversations with Nova Scotia Power, who had announced that they had put uh, 12 or 13 Chatham adapters all over the province. And I said, uh, are there they going to be, are, are be open by the end of uh, July? Because that's when I'm going out east. And they said, yes. 
So um, anyway, so uh, we haven't quite made up our mind whether we're actually committed to going out east uh, this summer yet. So um, we'll, we'll reserve judgment. We, we may decide to wait and uh, maybe do it on the supercharger network when it's fully deployed next year. Um, it's still up in the air. So we could basically pack <coughs> our bags and leave on a moment's notice if we need to. So yeah, you make a point about that. Um, I'd really like to see some clarification. I've been bothering uh, uh, Elon on Twitter whenever I get a chance once in a while just to try and pick his brain, see what's the deal here, and uh, have yet to hear any answer on that. Um, so let's get back into these questions here. So Sean, uh, Nuke Sean had also asked here, uh, Enhanced Autopilot uh, needs a limit up to 90, no, what he says, he needs a limit up to 90 kilometers per hour from 70 kilometers per hour for usefulness on secondary 80 kilometer ro roads. Is that possible? I don't have an answer on that. I don't use it on secondary roads. I only use it on the main, uh, main highways. Um, yeah, not too sure what's going on with that. I think in due time, a lot of these speed limits will be, um, will be lifted um, or raised um, once the confidence in the neural network um, continues to improve. We've seen mm -hmm. two huge improvements to autopilot this year alone. Uh, we're not done on that front yet. So I think um, if you want to use it on uh, on the roads, uh, just a little bit more patience. I think we'll see some more updates. And his last question before we move on to a couple more here, he's asking about Model 3 is both steel and aluminum. What can we do to rust-proof um, the Model 3? Now, I had asked this question very specifically at the last second to last Tesla meeting um, here in Ontario that I had because they actually had it at, uh, 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 at the first um, certified auto repair body shop by Tesla in, in all of Canada. And, and I asked them about the situation with that. And they said... Um, they say it's perfectly fine if you want to do rust proofing. The only thing that they suggest is that make sure that whoever you use for rust proofing does not do the puncture type where they will drill holes in the body to get into um, hidden areas because they could potentially go through um, two pieces of metal, two dissimilar pieces of metal. And when you do that, you could introduce um, shavings into the areas where it could cause premature um, corrosion. So mm. make sure that if you do any rust proofing on the Model 3, um, that uh, it's not the puncture type and it's uh, strictly the you know the spray sealant type. My personal opinion, if you want it, um, I am not doing it to my X. Um, the battery pack is a complete piece of aluminum. All of the exposed areas other than the uh, steering linkages or the suspension linkages are not exposed. So um, every spring, I am going to get in the habit of doing a very deep cleaning on the car with the pressure washer and taking the front apart. Um, I already did a video on that if you want to see that process. Um, and just inspecting for any kind of corrosion and just you know taking care of it then. But um, they didn't say to me yes or no. They said, we don't care. Just make sure you don't do it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So I hope that helps. Uh, let's moving on to another question here. Another gentleman, uh, Glenn Ma asks, my Model 3 is on order. I'm just wondering your thoughts on additional paint correction done to your cars, uh, 3M wrap or ceramic coating. Okay, um, we, this is a very common question uh, because a lot of people that have Teslas are doing these these wraps and, and ceramic coating. Um, and I've had this discussion with people in, in, uh, in person many times. Um, my personal opinion, if you, if you can budget for it, do both. If you cannot, you have to make a choice, one or the other. Do you want a car that's easier to wash, meaning ceramic coating, or do you want paint protection film, which is uh, protection against rock chips? 
So those are your choices. Obviously, like I said, if you can budget, please do both. But otherwise, that's really where it uh, boils down to. Have um, have any of you done anything on your cars yet? Michael or, uh, or Eric, have you done any kind of um, protection on your cars yet? I have not. Um, I know you had that really fantastic video uh, you did with your with your pal up in Canada. Um, I would say if you can, maybe perhaps uh, in the link or some description of this video, uh, maybe put some helpful links for just information about where people can go to get some more information. Because even I, as an owner, uh, would be interested just finding out more about each technology uh, to find out if one or the other or both are going to be good for where Michael and I live here in South Florida. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I did do a video uh, prior to that big one uh, where when I went to visit Fabian, um, he actually explained a lot of things to me and actually showed me uh, differences between two different popular uh, paint protection films. So if you want, I'll, I'll put a link in the video to, or in the podcast description if you guys uh, want to watch that video. So it basically explains the differences between uh, paint protection. Um, as far as ceramic coatings are concerned, there's a lot of brand names out there. I use Fine Lab; they're one of the sponsors of the uh, of the podcast and the website. Love their product. Theirs is special because it has some self healing properties. So there's a video on their website, and you can check it out at Fine Lab. That's f e y n l a b dot com. Um, they have a little video where they actually scratch the surface, and it's just and just apply heat, and the scratches disappear. Mm. Um, not all ceramic coatings are like that. Not all of theirs are like that. So there are specific ones you have to pick in order to do that. Um, I love the ceramic coating on my car. It makes washing the car so so much easier. Um, you can practically wash it um, without using a pressure washer. I mean, if it's really dirty, you got to take off some of that stuff. Um, Michael, I took your advice, and um, I bought some extra products, and I did do two washes with my car using the O&R product, which, of course, gets a lot of uh, uh, attention on the Internet, and uh, I'm very thoroughly impressed with that. So I may do a video on that just to explain what's going on with the O&R, which is the Optimum No-Rinse no product. Um, I, I really like that, but... If you have a ceramic coating on your car, it really does make uh, washing your car, even if you're just a weekend warrior, uh, so so much easier rather than always taking it to the detailer. So that's my little spiel on that. Um, then Glenn asks another question here. He says, uh, also, do um, any must-do things as soon as you get your Model 3, things that you should have ready besides your home charging setup, uh, of course. Um have you guys got any thoughts on that? Like, have you guys done anything to your um, car as soon as you got it, other than getting your your charging set up? Uh, well, I've started to get the mod itch, so I, I, I slowly, see some of your... <laughs> slowly keep doing things to the car. Uh, I would make a joke and say, "Prepare for your your cheeks to hurt because you're going to get the Tesla grin, and uh, it's mm -hmm. going to be stuck for a little while." <laughs> Once you get past that, I mean, you're. Obviously, the ceramic coating, the, the paint protection, if you're going to do that. Window tinting is pretty straightforward and obvious. And then you get into the whole slew of things, uh, chrome deletes and changing out the wheels, uh, all sorts of interior trim kits. Wheels. More wheels. Options. Need more wheels. Wheels. Fast <laughs> wheels. Puddle lights. Everyone needs puddle lights. Uh, there's there's no end to, uh, to modifications. When you get a, an enthusiast car, there's always going to be a lot of options. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you because let's face it, when they're making basically two wheel styles in six or seven colors, I mean, and all the cars are the same, I mean, you're going to want to personalize it somehow. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done my share of little things. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as a Chrome delete because I just, I mean, Tesla's use of Chrome is very delicate and judicious. I don't think there's any mm-hmm. need for it, but that's a personal thing. Uh, wheels, yes, I agree with that. Uh, there are some nice wheels out there. Ian, you can put a plug in if you want, for sure. <laughs> Fast wheels, rail and alloy. Yeah, and um, I just put a set of uh, performance uh, uh, pedals, that, the same ones you got there, Michael. I, I just literally got them in the mail yesterday, so I threw those on the car. Uh, it looks It looks good. I mean, it doesn't make the car break any faster, but it does look good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to throw another one in. I was just drooling over Mountain Pass Performance's uh, website today. Our friend Sasha, uh, a lot of you out there might have seen some of the YouTube and some of the stuff they posted up. This is the uh, fellow that managed to um, put away, um, was it a Porsche Cayman or a Boxster? At a, at a solo event at a track in Ontario recently, and they took home fastest time of day, I think. Certainly in their class, they won their class with a Model 3, and all he's got on the car is um, a big brake kit and some performance wheels, and he just murdered the competition with it. And they've got some <laughs> beautiful stuff. One of the things they make is a really nice performance upgrade uh, for the brakes. They're 365-millimeter um, uh, slotted rotors, with um, the correct bracket to take the factory four piston caliper and relocate it, and that's like thirteen hundred bucks US or something, and it's a fantastic performance uh, upgrade. So for anybody who's not getting the performance car, or just wants better brakes, that's that's a cool one. And the one that I'm personally looking at and wondering how I'm going to come up with the money after I've dropped it all on the car is they have some really beautiful coilover uh, setups with adjustable dampers and the whole thing from uh, that they've engineered with K&W. But that's a company to keep an eye on for Model 3 mods. I t- I'll tell you what, I'm going to do you a favor because Sasha li- literally lives 15 minutes away from me. Uh-huh. So I am going to go and uh, I'm going to send him an email tonight <laughs> and uh, I'm going to make an appointment. I'm going to go down and see him and I'll do a video and let him show us all of his performance products. So those of you who want to see what Tasha's got up his sleeve for the Model 3, I'm going to do you solid. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's nice. move on. We got uh, one last question and then we can wrap up here tonight. Uh, David Scott uh, basically says, with a ton of members taking uh, delivery recently and more to come, perhaps you can give some pointers on what to expect and what is not reasonable uh, to uh, what is or is not reasonable to point out for correction at delivery. Yeah, this is a big case because we're still seeing we're still seeing a few issues uh, with cars getting delivered with um, little paint flaws or misaligned panels. Uh, it's not the norm, but I have seen um, some of them still. Um, I know that a lot of people that are around me have taken deliveries of the Model Three, like to come and let me look at the car, and I've gotten to the point where I. I can kind of spot, I, I know some of the problem areas in the car now. So I walk around the car and I'm touching all the usual spots. I think that's some of the, some of the issues. So if you will indulge, I'll give you a few if you want to, if you want to know what to look for. <laughs> um, the first one that I usually look for is I head straight over to the A-pillar. Um, that's the first uh, bar that, you know, holds up the windshield. And I look at the gap down at the, law, uh, at the bottom of the A-pillar where the, fir- where the front fenders meet. I always look make sure that that's fairly consistent. The other one is the triangle, uh, the black piece of triangle of, of plastic. The black plastic pe- uh, triangle piece um, that is just above the mirror um, that's like a cap cover. Those mm-hmm. sometimes have a tendency to come uh, unstuck or unglued. They're just glued on. Um, so that's one area to look for. If you find that it's peeling off or whatever, Tesla can fix that. Um, the other areas I always look for is making sure that the, uh, the closures on the car, so all the doors, uh, the front trunk, uh, the rear trunk are fairly flush, uh, and even I'll give you a little pro tip. And this is something I showed in my uh, Tesla detailing video that I did last week. Um, t- 
uh, on the trunk and the front trunk, um, Tesla employs these little rubber bumpers. And um, these little rubber bumpers, you can screw them in and screw them out. And those are used to adjust the flushness of the panel um, to a, an adjacent panel. So if you find that your trunk lid is a little of a skew, it's not lining up 100%, or your front trunk is a little off, you can just use your fingers and just screw them in and screw them out. And that makes a world of difference. Mm. Tesla can do it for you, but it's, it's no harm. You're not going to avoid the warranty if you want to try it yourself. That's one thing that you can do um, that way. Um, we're still seeing the odd report of stress fractures on the glass roof. So that's the one above the um, driver and passenger side. So mm -hmm. make sure you inspect that. Um, some people have been reporting some chips in their windshield, but you know Tesla's correcting that. Uh, in some cases, they're letting you take the car and they will replace it after delivery or they will deliver the car, take it to the shop, get it fixed, or just refuse to give you delivery until they fix it. So um, odds are out on which way they're going to go for that. Um, the other consistent area that I've noticed that it, I don't think it's a flaw. It's just a design feature or just the way the car is designed that the front headlights, the front part, bottom of the front headlights are a little bit proud from the underlying fascia. A lot of people will say, no, no, that should be 100% flat. I have yet to see in a single Model 3 that doesn't have flush headlights completely, especially on the bottom part. So I think that's a design thing. I'm not an aerodynamicist, but I do believe that may have something to do with that. So if you see that, don't panic. It's kind of by design. Um, let me think here. Is there anything else? Have you guys seen anything on your cars that um, that stands out? Well, I'll think of a couple more. Well, if you guys Trev, I would, I would answer also in a slightly different way than obviously you could point out a couple other things too. Um, there's no right or wrong answer to this question. It's, it's really you look over your car and you make a determination on your satisfaction level with it. If there's anything that's not right with it, it should be documented, whether it gets fixed before you take delivery or it gets fixed after. Tesla's a stand-up company. I have to say, I'd give a plug to uh, my mobile service ranger. I've been uh, bugging him nonstop, and I even end every message to him with, uh, please tell me if I'm bugging you, and I will stop. And he always says back to me almost immediately, you can call or text me anytime. I don't care. I'm here for you, whatever you need. And um, that's just the type of service you can come to expect. I don't mean that to sound like I have a lot of issues with the car because I don't. It's more bugging him uh, for software updates, <laughs> <laughs> which I shouldn't do. Um, but, but really, you know, obviously walk around the car like you would any other car. Um, this whole panel gap issue thing, all cars have them. It's not a Tesla thing. I count the BMWs and Mercedes that I see every day that drive by, I posted a picture on the forum of uh, my mom's Range Rover that we didn't notice until the day she traded it in, had like a, a one inch panel gap on uh, the rear passenger window. So uh, trim around it. it, it's an every car thing. Just look over your own car, set your level of comfort. Um, Tesla is a no pressure company though. They're not gonna force you to take something that's not right uh, versus their traditional dealership where you might have a little more of a pressure situation. So make sure it's right for you. That would be my best advice. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, my my experience with with Tesla service has always been exemplary. They've never said no. Uh, yes, sir, whatever it takes. They bend over backwards. Now, you may have to make an appointment, come back at a later date. They may not be able to fix mm -hmm. it right then and there, but they do 
take care of the problem. Uh, the panel gap thing, I think, is completely blown out of proportion. Earlier cars, I mean, yeah, there were some panel gap issues. I haven't seen any more of that. It's been really good. I can show you pictures of some really horrendous panel gaps on a brand new 20, uh, 2018 BMW 3 Series. So no car is perfect. I'm with you 100% on that. It's only when somebody brings it to your attention that you start to see, you know, you can't unsee something, right, after the fact. 99% of the people out there that are buying cars don't even think about those things. They're just happy to have the car. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'm still talking to people and they're saying, oh, isn't that a Model 3? Isn't that one of those cars you have to wait two years to get? <laughs> and I'm like, no. Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, I know. It's it's just, you know, it's completely ridiculous. Well, I want to I add two comments here. Uh, one, uh, folks in the greater Toronto area, if you see some person touching your Model 3, just be aware it might be Trevor. Uh <laughs> 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 Number two, um, I actually pointed out one of our one of our very first. I might have been actually the first uh, podcast we did where I indicated that there were actually some issues with my vehicle that I've noticed. Now um, I have yet to bring the vehicle into Tesla service to look at them. Um, one is uh, as Michael had in his car, where the the black margin of the of the windshield is sort of off on the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think my windshield glass has a defect in it. Uh, where I'm seeing essentially vision waves, uh, where the image is not very clean. Yes, I know what um, you're talking about. And I also have an issue with my uh, rear tail light uh, kind of bulging out a bit offline from uh, the rear trunk. So there's issues I've seen. Obviously, they're not hindrances that might be able to, to operate the vehicle, but there are things they need to get taken care of. Again, Tesla service is really great. Uh, even if you take delivery, like Michael said, and you notice something two weeks later because you're just washing the car for the first time, and you go, well, that's sort of unusual. Just contact Tesla, get them into the service center. And, um, you know, I, mean, I know even Trevor recently had, uh, I think it was a Model S, he had a chance to test drive. Uh, for a while while his Model X was in service. So they'll they'll make sure you're taken care of and, and uh, you know, you'll be back. You'll have your car back before you know it. Yeah, I agree. Wow, we still got some activity in the background. <laughs> just to uh, piggyback on what Eric just said, it's, it's a great point. Now, I wouldn't chance this. Uh, if you see issues, you should document them. Um, you don't want to test the, this out. But uh, I did report a paint issue. I noticed that there was a scratch by the T on my hood. Mm-hmm probably there from installation. I mean, I certainly didn't do it. Uh, and I didn't report that until probably two months after taking delivery of the car. Tesla took care of it. Uh, they even noticed a couple of stone chips that absolutely were things that happened after I took the car. They fixed those two at no cost. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the kind of service that you're dealing with. Certainly things that I didn't ask for or expect, and they just went above and beyond. Uh, to add to the list of a couple of small things for me, um, I did do a video on how easily you can scratch the chrome trim around the windows. Mm-hmm. Watch out mm-hmm. for that when you go get your windows tinted uh, or if you wash your car. Uh, so the tin shop did it to me. They said they didn't do it. And uh, when I did it to myself the second time, I figured out how they did it. <laughs> and then I made a video about it. Uh, so watch out for that. Um, but I've got the, the plastic piece below the steering column is sagging. That's getting replaced tomorrow. And uh, good news, I'm getting that trunk garnish piece that we were all talking about two weeks ago Mm. installed tomorrow as well. Mm. One other common issue spot, it's not a big deal, but the right shifter, uh, the top piece is held on, it's on also, and that starts to lift a little bit. So I have yet to see um, a Model 3 that doesn't have that problem. Yeah, so you can watch out for that. Uh, I I haven't reported that or bothered with it yet. It's not that bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I still have a scratch on my windshield, and I can't unsee it. And uh, mm. only when the sun shines out on a certain circumstances, I can actually see it. So um, even though I've made Tesla aware of the situation, um, they said that it, you know it's cosmetic, and I said, yeah, okay, fine. Um, so I'm just waiting for that time when I actually need to change the windshield, and then I'll deal with it then. Um, God forbid I never have to do that, but if it does, you know, I'm not going to change a, a windshield just on a small cosmetic issue like that. that Michael, affect- can I ask you a quick question regarding the last update? Sure. So I know that with the Model S and X, um, owners are able to leave the air uh, in the vehicle running even after they exit the vehicle. Um, and right now, Model 3 can't do that with the current up. Or at least my update yet. Can your car leave the air running even after you exit the vehicle? It can't leave the air running without going back into the app and turning it back on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, uh, as soon as you close the door, it's it's off. Everything's off. Yes. Okay. Because I, I know in the SNX, you're, there's an option. There's a toggle in, in the controls to uh, leave that on after you close the door and leave the vehicle. So that way, if there's passengers still in the car, they at least still have the air running without the air turning off yeah, first. I'm actually in the habit of leaving my key fob with my wife. So if I get out of the car, I just I just leave the key, bo- key fob with mm-hmm. her. And that way, the, you know, the pets are nice and comfortable. Actually, maybe, maybe one of you guys can test this, but it's really interesting you bring that up. I was reading a thread the other day. Uh, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or on the forum, but somebody said that if you leave a passenger in the car and you take your fob with you, if they touch the screen either before you close the door or right after, if you activate something on the screen, I think it's just manipulating the screen. I don't think it's a particular function. That mm-hmm. somehow keeps the uh, the climate control running. Now, I don't know that they seemed pretty confident when they made that statement. Maybe one of you can test that and see if that actually works. Uh, we'll definitely have to test that. I'm a, I, I always open the door for my wife. I'm a gentleman, right? Uh, <laughs> but then I put her in the car and close the door the car turns off. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that's yeah. some good points there. Uh, that's something uh, maybe I'll, um, I'll attempt on my own here. And Ian, bear in mind, we don't have key fobs. Yeah, that's that's true. No, no well, when I say... I say fob. We keep using the word fob, but right, it's the it's card. either you've got your phone or it's your credit card or the or the the credit card like device. You know, which basically is okay. a little transponder, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, what's apparently if you exit the vehicle with both those devices, either with the card or with your phone, mm-hmm. as long as the passenger remains inside and continues to manipulate the screen, this somehow triggers mm-hmm. the uh, the climate control. Like, like I said, this is third party information. Do not take it anywhere near gospel. But it'd be fun if one of you tried it. We can definitely test that. <laughs> All right. I have my homework. <laughs> well, on that note, I think we'll just wrap it up for the evening. Um, so, guys, uh, where can we find you on the Internet? Eric, uh, where can people find you if they want to chit-chat with you? Absolutely. You guys can find me on Twitter at the handle ECFIX. That's E-C-F-I-X. And you can also find me on Facebook. I'll be more than happy to take ads there, too. Sounds good. Michael, how about you? I need to give a plug there for your new YouTube channel, too. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, now all unified at Teslatunity, and uh, also on the forum as SoFa Model 3. And one last point I just wanted to get in that I just realized I didn't mention before about the update. With the Wi-Fi edition, I noticed that the app connects to the car much, much quicker. So I wanted to get that in before I forgot. I don't have good service at my house, so I can connect to the car in the garage right away now. It's That's a nice touch. So Excellent. Sorry, I just wanted to get that in. Glad good to hear that all right ian how about you where can people find our good friend in in montreal well there's always the same three places on twitter you can find me at at ian pavelko 
Uh, or if you just search Mad Hungarian on, on Twitter, you will either get myself and Al, I never can pronounce his last name, the, the, the ball player will maybe come up as well, the, the original Mad Hungarian. Um, so yes, Ian, at Ian Pavelko on Twitter. Um, on the forum, you can find me as uh, the Mad Hungarian at uh, model3ownersclub.com. Any questions you have, particularly on wheels and tires, that is my specialty. And uh, finally, um, I am, I'm wearing an example today here of our our famous fundraising T-shirt, which you might be able to see in the screen here, if I can manipulate yeah, it's myself. Yeah, teal color. There we go. Yeah, exactly. So I have my fundraising T-shirt. Uh, the uh, model, uh, well, there's the Model S, the Model X, the three, and the Roadster versions are all available. Uh, you can find those on Teespring.com to search for uh, Matt Hungarian Evolveware, or Trevor's usually good enough to put a link at the end of the show. If you click directly on the link, that's usually a little easier. Um, a cool thing, I actually had a Twitter request uh, this week. It was a nice lady from California, I believe, who requested a uh, ladies' tank top. So we've added that to the ensemble choices. So a new um, a new piece of apparel for the ladies. You can get a fitted tee or I think it's called a flowy, uh, sorry, not tee, tank. But, but a tank top now is available with uh, all four different designs. So even if you have a roadster, no excuse. You can now get whatever piece of apparel you want for it. And, uh, of course, all of the uh, money raised is going to uh, Plug in America, Electromobility Canada, and LAVEC, our friends here in Quebec. Excellent. Love the shirts, so definitely check it out. I'll put a link in the video description. You guys can check it out for yourselves. That's it for the end of the show. You can follow me. My handle on Twitter is Model3Owners, and you can check out the forum at Model3OwnersClub.com. And uh, lastly, I just want to uh, put it out there. If you guys like the podcast, you like the show, you like what we do, please check out our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash model3ownersclub. Every little penny goes towards keeping this stuff going. This software ain't cheap, folks. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. And uh, thanks for watching, folks. And we'll catch you on the next one next week, same time. See you later. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bonsoir. Good night. <laughs>